Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Loudmouth Podcast, show about everything and nothing all at once. I'm your host, the one and only host, Madison Hadler. Hi, guys. Um, so nice to come to you actually live because, well, you know, recorded in close to as real time as possible because a couple weeks ago I had a guest on and then last week I didn't post because of the move. So I'm so glad to be talking to you guys. I am in my new apartment, kind of settled in, more settled in than I was a week ago. But dang, am I, dang, (laughs) damn, am I tired? I had a wedding last weekend in Texas and it was right after we moved. So when I came back, not only did I have to unpack my suitcase, I had to unpack our entire house. Well, not entire house, but I had to unpack more things. And and then right when I got off the plane to come back to Kansas City, um, I, well, not right off, but on the plane, my ears didn't pop. And so my ears were clogged for like two days and I am a little congested. I think I got a little bug. I took a COVID test, not COVID, just plain old sick. So I've been wearing my mask anywhere that I go because I don't want to get anyone else sick. But I haven't had a fever or anything, just like really congested. And I think probably the weather does not help that because I don't know what's going on. Um, I feel like every day that it's going to be 80 degrees, the next two days will be forecasted to snow. So it's just been weird. So maybe my allergies are acting up too. I don't know. Um, But I'm so glad to be talking to you guys because I haven't talked to you guys in a little while. Um, Unfortunately, though, I'm not talking about the most happy thing because because I did a poll the other day and asked you guys what you wanted to hear. Ukraine and Russia won. So that is what we're going to talk about. Um, I'm going to start right now. Like I love to start every episode. I am not an expert. I have just researched and pulled together some sources and kind of summed it up in this episode so that um, you guys can kind of know a gist of really basic overview of what's going on just to get you a starting point because honestly a lot of the time getting into history and politics and all that stuff can be really really gate kept and it can be really hard to understand what's happening or have even like a starting point at all so I just want to make the information accessible to you and kind of start you out at a point because it can be confusing on where you're supposed to go and everything like that so By no means am I an expert. Um, I am just simply giving you a summary of what I've compiled to understand what is going on. Um, And then I will have all the sources down below so that you guys can listen to it as well. Or go read it for yourselves or whatever it is. So let's dive into it. start off um long long time ago because the history of Ukraine and Russia goes back a little further um and I totally 
forget and I've been meaning to go look for, which hopefully somebody can provide me with this information and reply to me on this. But there was a woman on TikTok who did a whole kind of series about understanding what's going on with Ukraine and Russia. And she like did a really simplified version. So if anyone can find that for me, please give it to me because I want to post it on my story. But um, you kind of have to get into the history. I'm just, I feel like her right now. I feel like I'm channeling her for you guys. Um, but you kind of have to get into the history of Ukraine and Russia to understand what is going on, like most things, because history repeats itself if we don't pay attention to it. And so we're going to talk about that right now. So a long, long time ago, there was a territory called the Soviet Union, which included Ukraine. Um, The Soviet Union, officially the Union of Soviet Socialist Republic, was a socialist state that spanned Eurasia during its existence from 1922 to 1991. The country was a one-party state prior to 1990, governed by the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. During the revolution that ushered in the Soviet Union, Ukraine fought for independence. It lost, and then in 1992, it was subsumed inside the communist state. But it was a separate entity from the beginning. They always had their own language, and it always had its own status inside the USSR. It's very important to know that Ukraine has always kind of been this question. Um, A lot of political scientists call it the question of Ukraine because it has been this interesting concept of like it's been its own independent being but inside of the Soviet Union. So it's always had its own language. Um, They speak Ukrainian and Russian. Um, A lot of their influences come from Russia but that doesn't mean that they're not its own sovereign kind of state. Anyway, But within a decade, the Soviet leader, Joseph Stalin, fearful of an independent-minded Ukraine, brought down the hammer. He had decided to take the land away from the peasants and give it to the state. And very quickly, there was a strong opposition to that in Ukraine. So he was starting to publicize, basically, um, these private land-owning states and make it all public and have it all work through the state and go through the state and be divvied out equally amongst its participants, um, which they thought was the best way to go about things. But it quickly turned for the worse for them. And amid the confusion and resistance to the collectivization in the countryside, so people were resisting them, um, they were fighting against this, and it wasn't working for them. Agricultural productivity dropped, and this led to devastating food shortages. So millions died during this in what they called the Great Famine of 1932 to 1933. And for many years, the USSR denied the Great Famine, basically keeping it secret, not actually posting, or not posting, not actually sharing the results of the 1937 census that would have revealed like how many people died during this famine um which is really important to know because we see that happening right now um but basically they didn't publicize it they kept it very private they tried not to talk about it they resisted anyone talking about it um but more specifically the ukrainian famine also known as Halamador, a combination of the ukrainian word for starvation and to inflict death 
by one estimate claimed the lives of 3.9 million people, about 13% of the population. So this was the specific Ukrainian famine. This famine is a little bit contested in history. Um, So some people believe that it was genuinely caused by lack of food and just things caused by nature. But some historians believe that it was political action and that Stalin actually artificially created the famine. And so this is like kind of what they believe. The Holomador was basically an artificial famine. Um, That means it was a famine caused by, not by crop failure, not by insects or drought. It was a famine that was created by the Soviet state. Local activists went from house to house in rural Ukraine and confiscated food. The idea was to take every last scrap of food they knew. Of course, that meant that people would die. They knew that meant that people would die, but they anticipated that that would happen. So we don't really know if it's actually caused by Stalin. There's not enough historical backing, I really think, to back that claim up. But some historians believe that was the case or... Some believe that it was genuinely just crop failure and things like that. But anyway, during the height, no matter what, during the height of the Stalin terror campaign, a period between 1936 and 1938 known as the Great Purge, an estimated 600,000 Soviet citizens were executed. Millions more were deported or imprisoned in forced labor camps known as gulags. A second wave of Stalinist terror involved the arrest and murder of Ukrainian intellectuals, artists, even writers of dictionaries. They, at one point, started to ban words, and so Ukraine started to create more Russian-like words to be allowed to speak in their own kind of language. It was basically this attempt to eliminate Ukrainianness in the sense of it, and to totally eliminate this separate identity and the sense of its nationhood. Um, it really has, like a lot of historians say, has been a Russian policy since the 19th century to do this with Ukraine. Um, it was a Tsarist party policy, it, then it was a Stalin policy, and now it's a Putin policy. So, the collapse of the Soviet Union was back in 1991, so we have that little bit of history, and we kind of jump forward, Um, but through its various leaderships, it's just always been um, considered a part of the Soviet Union in Russia, but back in December of 1991... um, On January 21st, 1990, actually, over 300,000 Ukrainians organized a human chain for Ukrainian independence between Kiev and Lviv. Lviv, sorry. Um, Ukraine officially declared itself an independent country on the 24th of August in 1991, when the Communist Supreme Soviet Parliament of Ukraine proclaimed that Ukraine would no longer follow the laws of the USSR and only the laws of the Ukrainian SSR, de facto declaring Ukraine's independence from the Soviet Union. On the 1st of December, voters approved a referendum formalizing independence from the Soviet Union. Over 90% of Ukrainian citizens voted for independence, with majorities in every region, including 56 in Crimea. Um, 
the Soviet Union ceased to formally exist after the 26th of December. So, they become independent, they get the right to vote, and, or not the right to vote, they vote in their own presidential elections, vote their own presidents. Um, I'm not going to totally go into the history of that, because that's a long time, and you or a long time, not a long time, but just longer explanation. And honestly, you don't need to know all of it to understand what's happening now. Basically, they gain their independence, but Russia has always considered them a part of their country. And they have also had a lot of pro-Russian people in Ukraine trying to back Russia, trying to show their propaganda. But Russian culture also has a very big impact on Ukraine as it stands in modern in modern day and I was listening to so many podcasts about everything that's going on and it's just crazy because a lot of these people are friends with Russians and it's hard to watch them go to war and as we've been able to see small tidbits of this fight against the Russian government and what's happening now we can see that you know this has never been a healthy relationship let me tell you Russia and Ukraine toxic ass relationship um which I hate to like you know make joke of it like that because it's not funny but it is good to just like be able to relate it to something that you know and let me just tell you they are a toxic toxic relationship so that is modern day ukraine and russia as it stands okay so madison where are we now that's all the history about that where are we now okay well not all the history but a good summarized portion of the history so Let's talk a little bit about where we are now. I'm not going to get into this like too, too much. I'm just going to kind of go over the basics a little bit and provide you with some resources to look into because I am no news reporter. So I want to make sure that you guys are getting the facts from the sources. And also this is changing so often. Let's get a little backstory on like a closer backstory to modern day Russia and what is happening. So the Russo-Ukrainian war is an ongoing war primarily involving Russia, pro-Russian forces, and Belarus on one side and Ukraine on the other. Conflict began in February 2014 following the revolutionary revolution of dignity and focused on the status of Crimea and parts of the Donbas internationally recognized as parts of Ukraine. The conflict includes the Russian annexation of Crimea in 2014, the War of Donbas 2014 to present day, naval incidents, cyber warfare, and political tensions. While trying to hide its involvement, Russia gave military backing to the separatists in Donbas, having built up a large military presence on the border from late 2021. Russia launched a large-scale invasion of Ukraine on the 24th of February 2022. In a TV address on February 24th, President Putin declared Russia could not feel safe and develop and exist because of what he claimed was a constant threat from modern Ukraine. Immediately, airports and military headquarters were attacked. Then tanks, troops rolled in from Russia. Russia annexed Crimea and its ally in Belarus. Now warplanes have bombed major cities and continue to bomb major cities. Russia refuses to use the terms war or even invasion. Many of its leaders' justifications for it were false and irrational. Um, Like I talked about earlier back in the day when the 
uh, famine happened, they kind of cut off. They did not publicize anything. And while Russia isn't necessarily not publicizing anything, they are publicizing support for them. They are saying that their people support them. They are showing their people different sides of what is actually going on. Um, and you cannot trust Russian media right now. It's it's insane how history repeats itself. Um, so not only are his he's not using the word invasion or whatever he's trying to make it sound like he's doing it for good he is also silencing the media and only allowing things that support him to come through um not only to his people but also to us um he claimed his goal was to protect people subjected to bullying and genocide and aim for the demilitarization and denazification of ukraine but there has been no genocide in Ukraine. It is a vibrant democracy led by a president who is also Jewish. Uh, last year, President Putin wrote a long piece describing Russians and Ukrainians as one nation. And he has described the collapse of the Soviet Union in December of 1991. Disintegration of historical Russia. I don't know why that word was so hard for me. Um, <laughs> I practiced it so many times. But as we can see, history is repeating itself once again. Um, Ukraine has always had their independencies, but it has always been silenced and shushed by the leader of the Soviet Union or Russia, whatever it is. And so Putin's just falling in line with his ancestors and history is repeating itself right in front of our eyes. Um he Putin just said last week that a stable statehood hasn't been built in Ukraine. He is trying to just basically justify his invasion of his neighbor and saying that it is an inherent part of our country, of our own history, culture, and spiritual space to have Ukraine a part of Russia and to make it like what it was in the USSR, which, as we know, Ukraine has always been this independent country, even if they've been a part of Russia, quote unquote. They've always been independent. They've always had their own culture. And it's just so crazy to watch literally history repeat itself and a sovereign country try to take over um, a, another country. And it's crazy to see all the things that are happening with in this humanitarian crisis that pull through like the racism that we've seen which I'm going to get into it a little bit more here as soon as I'm done with this little part but it's just crazy to see that even in a humanitarian crisis even when we see that people are dying for literally no reason just because someone thinks that their land has been quote-unquote taken from them and they think that they needed a part of their territory it is crazy that we are still seeing racism persist and we are not letting people in because their skin color and things like that. Anyway, just crazy. We're watching it unfold in front of our eyes and yet we are letting history repeat itself. We are letting it repeat itself. Um, but President Putin has frequently accused Russia of being taken over by extremists ever since its pro-Russian re president, which is what I was talking about earlier, Viktor Yankovych. I totally butchered that but was ousted in 2014 after months of protests against his rule. Russia then retaliated by seizing the southern front of Crimea and triggering a rebellion in the east, backing separatists who have fought Ukrainian forces in a war that has claimed over 14,000 lives. Late in 2021, Russia began deploying big numbers of troops close to Ukraine's borders while repeatedly denying it was going to attack. Then Mr. Putin's Grabbed a 2015 peace deal for the 
East and recognized areas under rebellion control as independent. Russia has long resisted Ukraine's move towards the European Union and the West Defensive Military Alliance, NATO, which I'm sure you guys have heard a lot of in the news. Um, They have proclared um, sanctions against Russia, like really solid sanctions, and have also, um, I think it was literally just today on Wednesday, March 2nd, have said that they are going to supply Ukraine and um, the country with weapons to fight Russia. What this is crazy because this has never happened in history. And um, if you've heard anything about the European Union lately, it's probably that they're not really commutative. Um, they don't really vote a lot of things. They're always kind of broken and we don't really hear about them much here in the States. Um, but their union has signified so much and so much importance of what is going on and has shown, hopefully shown Russia that like, this is not okay. What's happening is not okay. Um, but basically Russia has been hurt about, NATO this whole time that he wasn't included in NATO but NATO was literally created because of the Soviet Union's actions and things like that are happening now but anyway announcing Russia's invasion he accused NATO of threatening our historic future as a nation so Putin's always been kind of but I'm not gonna say that that's bad that's a bad phrase um Putin has always been kind of mad and annoyed that he was left out of NATO Okay, so now that we've talked about that history and, like, what is going on and things of that sort, I'm going to read a little bit of the humanitarian stuff or the racist and everything like that that I was talking about earlier because I think it's important to talk about and note. Um, As we know, most Ukrainians and most Russians um, are white. And so there has been a lot of racism persisting in the news and at the border where they're not letting African students and African people through because of the color of their skin, basically, because apparently racism persists no matter what in a humanitarian crisis. But um, I have a thread that I'm going to post down below for you guys, but I'm just going to kind of go through some of the quotes that people have been saying because... Um, A lot of people are thinking, oh my god, it's a sovereign country, I can't believe, which is why I kind of stopped myself earlier, um, because people keep saying, like, oh my god, this is a sovereign country, and it's basically kind of showing, like, oh, they're comparing it to Iraq and Afghanistan, kind of saying that because Iraq and Afghanistan are quote-unquote third world countries that those things don't matter as much and that this humanitarian crisis is much worse. It's just comparing traumas, and it's just giving racism so um the bbc said that it's very emotional for me because i see european people with blue eyes and blonde hair being killed which is was said by ukraine's deputy chief prosecutor david skavarlidis there we go um you can look at it i'm definitely gonna butcher it but that's okay um cbs news this isn't iraq or afghanistan this is a relatively civilized relatively european city which was said by cbs foreign correspondent charlie de agata um al jazeera said what's compelling is looking at them the way they are dressed these prosperous prosperous middle-class people these are not obviously refugees trying to get away from the middle east or north africa they look like any european European family that you live next door to and so on and so forth just basically talking about how it's really sad because these people are white and 
a lot of people black people and people of color are being stopped at the borders of Ukraine and denied um, refugee and crossing of the border or maybe not even denied but giving um, having to take extremely strenuous routes and things like that and going through all these jumping through all these hoops that white people um, in Ukraine are not having to go through. So it's just a lot of things going on right now and I'm going to put more things of course on a the bio um, where you can help specifically Africans in Ukraine um, and where we can sign petitions and do as much as we can because although we can't do a whole lot since we are not in Europe and we are not directly accessible to the things going on we can make sure that we are sharing sources that are true and that are not um, engaging in this stereotype of oh these people matter because they're white Uh, we need to share sources that are independent and not russian led we need to just do thorough fact checks because it is hard and there are a lot of photos going around that are not accurate photos their true photos just happened years before or whatever it was so we can share things we can um, support ukrainian business owners um it was actually crazy because right when this was beginning to happen i had ordered a rug for my bathroom off of Etsy and I got um an email from the girl because she was actually she's in Ukraine and she was saying that the order is going to be delayed because of everything going on right now um she said she said, hi, it was with a heavy heart. I regret to inform you that due to the military actions in Ukraine, the airports in my country have limited operation. As much as I'd love to ship your order ASAP, I'm afraid all international shipments might be suspended and delayed until further. Today is a terrible day, but I pray this attack will be stopped and diplomats will be brought to the negotiation table. If there's any possibility to ship your order faster, I will try to find it and I kindly ask you to give me some time to find a solution. Thank you for understanding in this matter and supporting my small business i hope the troops will be brought back in the name of humanity um and i want to find her shop really quickly sorry guys um she posted a note on her thing going on right now um basically saying that she is not able to um orders right now because of everything she said friends russia has started the full-scale war against ukraine hashtag stand with ukraine so um i just really felt compelled to do this because it is my duty to share a message and share you know accurate information or as accurate as i can find as i can get and make sure that you guys are aware of what's going on and everything so um Yeah, I know that wasn't totally in-depth. I know that there's so much more that could be said. But again, I'm posting links down in the bio and everything like that so that you guys can do further research. Um, This is just a basic understanding of what's going on. And this has been changing so much that I feel like even if I try to catch up to the latest, I'm not going to be caught up. So this is a basic synopsis. So now that you so now you can understand what's going on in the headlines and everything like that a little bit better. So um, don't be afraid to go to my Instagram. I'll hopefully be sharing some more sources and things like that. Don't be afraid to ask me questions. Um, I'm here to help you guys. So um, thank you guys so much. You can follow me on Instagram at loudmouthpod. You can follow me on Twitter at loudmouth underscore pod. I've shared a lot of threads about racism and things going on at the border. So make sure to check those out on my Twitter um and everything like that check out the things down below and i will talk to you guys soon um yeah
talk to you guys later. Bye. Hashtag stand with Ukraine. Okay, bye. Thank you.